Welcome to the Success is Subjective podcast series brought to you by ParentTrainers.com presented by Lilly Consulting. I'm your host, Joanna Lilly. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Kim Nelson. Kim describes herself as wife to Rich and mom to Luke, Lilly, and Sam. She hangs her hat in Tryon, North Carolina in the foothills of the Blue Ridge, although she is originally from Gross Point Park in southeastern Michigan. Kim is an artist and enjoys selling her work at their gallery in the River Arts District in Asheville, alongside her husband, who is a nationally recognized portrait artist. She's a recent graduate of Leslie University's Expressive Therapies Low Residency Program, where she received a master's degree in art therapy. Although art therapy is her passion, she is beyond happy to be spreading the good, in quote, Cooper Reese word, as she calls it, from coast to coast as their national outreach coordinator. Kim is helping those experiencing mental health challenges to find hope, believe in their dreams, and to live a life worth living. I loved hearing Kim share her personal journey. It's never too late to go back to school. So let's just get straight to it. Here's Kim. Hey, Kim. Welcome to the podcast. Why don't you start by telling us where you were born? Um, I did grow up in Gross Point, Michigan, uh, which is just north of Detroit. I was very lucky to be in a very excellent school system there. Wonderful arts programs, clear through elementary, middle, and high school, like really remarkable arts programs. And, and, and that's really where I, I started my focus. And it wasn't until I had children myself and you know have had them go through their schooling when I realized how lucky I was to experience what I did back in Gross Point. So... That's awesome. So you're super, you're gifted the opportunity to really thrive within an arts community, at least through your education, right? Adolescence and education. So did you have it in your head? Did somebody say like, well, the natural progression is once you graduate from high school that you go to art school or, or what was kind of the expectation for you after high school? I definitely wanted to go to college, which was, um, I'm the youngest of, of five. I have a twin brother as well, but um, at the time he was not going to college. So uh, none of my siblings had gone to college and um, n- there was no expectation for me to do that. But I think just for myself, I knew that I was going to do that. And then through my um, high school uh, education in the arts, my art teachers started to kind of recognize me and um And I didn't, I didn't even really know it. You know, I didn't really understand it. You know, I remember once my art teacher said, well, you're coming to the awards ceremony tonight, right? And I was like, why, why, why would I do that? And so I went, I went alone, you know, nobody went with me. I was just there sitting there. And um, I had been selected by the mother's club to win an art table. So out of all the, you know, students in the high school, they wanted to gift that to me. And, you know, so that was, that was quite an honor. And then also at the end of my uh, high school career, um, same thing. They said, are you going to come to, you know, the, your senior awards? And I was like, well, no, like, why should I? <laughs> and, and I went and I ended up receiving an award from um, our beloved art teacher who actually passed away uh, while I was at school. So I oh. earned the Robert Rathbun um, scholarship. So that was, that was exciting. Oh, what but an my, honor. Yeah, but my my teacher in high school, Mrs. Um, Grinwald, uh, she is the one who really encouraged me and suggested that I go to art school. So did you did you go right out of high school, or what was your journey like? I did. Yeah, I applied to um, in Detroit. Uh, we're very lucky to have College for Creative Studies. Uh, 
excuse me, back then it was called Center for Creative Studies, but they've changed now because they knew that they wanted to have, you know, more of a um, formal education in their name. So College for Creative Studies is in downtown Detroit. So, you know, I was 15 minutes from it. Um, I applied, I was accepted, you know, had a couple of scholarships, uh, but it's, it's very expensive. Art school is very expensive. So I, I, I went, uh, I lived, I continue to live in Gross Point. Um, driving back and forth and and working, you know, so my mother helped me pay for it. Um, but I, I work, you know, the entire time. And uh, eventually, at the end of that first year, I, I got a great foundation there my first freshman year, but um, near the end of that year, my, my mother said, you know, this is really a struggle financially, and I need you to consider another school. So I, I went um, back to Mrs. Grinwald and I, I sat on the floor in the hallway of the uh, arts building until she could come out and speak to me. And, um, and I shared with her that my struggles and, uh, you know, I wish I could go back in time because I remember then, and here I was, you know, very young, you know, 19. She, she said, you know, you should look into art therapy and uh, Wayne State University has that program. And that went in one ear and out the other. Um, it just didn't register with me. And I wish I could go back in time and just shake myself and say, <laughs> do it, do it now. But um, she also suggested um, Eastern Michigan University also had a good art program. So she suggested that I go there. Um, actually, you know, I came from a broken family. And so I didn't have a, a lot of support, or, nor did I have uh, any siblings modeling any behavior that I could have followed. So I just kind of thought, you know, just kind of keep my head down and just, you know, do what I knew I, what I needed to do. Yeah. And so I went to Eastern Michigan University. But, but therein lies the problem in, you know, now I can look back and start to see the, the pattern of the issues that I had. So like jumping all the way forward, if, if you'd like me to, to, to this understanding yeah, of, of what I had, yeah, because I, I did graduate school, but what I, you know, what I should have done back then um, is, you know, take my time. So, so jumping forward to, um, you know, more adult life, when I decided to go back to school to get my master's degree in art therapy, finally, duh, um, I had a class, Power, Privilege, and Oppression. And um, we were required to write a private journal uh, that only the professor would see. You know, she encouraged us just to be us, you know, say anything you want that, you know, nobody's going to read it. I'm not going to judge you kind of thing. It's, you know, the idea was to get everything out of your system, you know, before we launched off into the world of counseling where we might, you know, something might bubble up. So um, what, what at the end of the semester, what bubbled up for her uh, um, that she saw in me, she said to me, I wonder if you've ever heard of the imposter syndrome. And of course I had never. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I'll never forget it because it's, it literally changed my life. Uh, I was, you know, my husband and I have um, owned art galleries and I was sitting there in my art gallery uh, behind my desk. And it just, it right from right then it, it opened up a whole world for me. I quickly Googled it researched the heck out of it. And I just felt like every single thing I found, there's so much information on it. Every single thing I found was talking to me. It was me laid out perfectly. And it was this huge aha moment because my whole life I had kind of felt um, like I was spinning out of control in so many different ways. And I didn't understand all these different parts of myself that they just kind of didn't make any sense. They were, they were just kind of all uh, discombobulated and odd, unique things and, and I didn't see them as interconnected. And, and to see it all in one place and have it all connected was just this, you know, 
you know, the clouds parted and angels started to sing kind of thing. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I get it. I understand it. I understand myself now. And it was that moment when I could start to have power over it and it no longer has complete power over me. So, so I'm a huge fan of, of, you know, that to diagnose or not to diagnose kind of thing. And, and I know it's not a formal diagnosis, uh, but um, it was just hugely beneficial to me in that time. Yeah, it totally resonated. You're like, yeah. this, now everything makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why I wanted to go back in time and, you know, really enjoy my college experience more because, because you know, what I do is just, I just kind of keep my head down and, and do my work because I, I'm afraid, you know, the whole imposter syndrome, you're, you're afraid of being caught. You're like a fraud. And, you know, I always joke my whole life. I've always joked like, it's all smoke and mirrors, you know, when people compliment me, smoke and mirrors, smoke and mirrors, you know, like it's, it, you know, you deflect, you know, you don't accept any compliments or any accomplishments sure. or anything like that. So, you know, my college, my undergraduate, I, I just kind of kept my head down. And, and because of that, I graduated, but I didn't really graduate with anything that I could go out and do what I wanted to do. And that was really unfortunate. Um, so what do you I mean, I, like you just, you didn't have a degree that you thought you could do something with or? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I simply just took courses that I, I knew that I would like and that would give me a, a Bachelor of Fine Arts. But my goal was never to be a full-time fine artist. My goal, I actually wanted to go into commercial art and be like, you know, an art director. That was, that was my goal at the time. So it didn't, you know, I, I just, again, I just kind of kept my head down and I thought, I just need to graduate. I just need to graduate. So I, I didn't have any direction. I didn't have anybody um, advising me, you know, uh, I just kind of kept quiet because I was always afraid that, you know, somebody was going to say like, you shouldn't be here, you know, you need to leave or something. So uh, when I graduated, I ended up um, just going into sales. I've always been really good at sales. And so I became an optician in Detroit. I was hand selected to go to a, their flagship boutique. I was selling Cartier. I worked with, I mean, I sold glasses to Aretha Franklin. <laughs> you know? Wow. Um, yeah. So I mean, <laughs> high level sales. Um, and, and then at some point I thought, you know, well, I, I, as I got older, I did want to get back to trying to become an, an art director. So I actually went back to college for creative studies and took some courses uh, just, you know, um, undergraduate courses, but just for my own learning. Um, and I did great in them, but, um, but then I got married and the children started coming. So, <laughs> so that was all good stuff. And, uh, I was very lucky to be stay at home mom. And, um, and then we moved down South here into North Carolina and then, um, had the art galleries. And then I had, a huge kind of soul searching moment where, where I re, you know, I discovered art therapy on my own, remembering that my teacher had told me to do it way back when. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you weren't open to it then. You weren't ready. Right. For it. I do believe doing, in that. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, mm -hmm. So if you finally found it on your own and then where did it take you? Oh my goodness. Uh, that, so that's very interesting too. So, so I, I found it. I thought, okay, can I do this? Can I go back to school? You know, I had this, you know, great big meeting with my husband. Can we, can we do this? You know, and it was a program that I found uh, online. And um, as I was researching it, I discovered that the director of the art therapy program, I went to high school with her. So I'm like, okay, there's a little sign. Yeah. So I sent her an email and I, I said, you know, 
you know, tell me I'm off base. I'm, I'm thinking about doing this, you know, and, and she and I were in a ton of art classes together back at Gross Point South. And um, she immediately sent me an email with her phone number and she said, call me right now. So I called her and we spent an hour on the phone and she said, Kim, I don't know if you realize this, but this, this was your interview and you're in like, would you please, you know, get here? You know, so I, <laughs> Yeah. I just got so chills. I, yeah, it happened so fast. Well, so then I even said, well, hold the phone. You know, I can't even uh, go yet because I needed um, three courses of undergraduate, um, like some psychology courses and basic um, art therapy uh, courses. And, and she's like, well, hurry up and do it already so you can get over here. Well, then she <laughs> called me within like three days and she said, uh, ironically, there's a number of people who want to join the program who have the same problem. So uh, what we're doing is offering those classes uh, online for free right now for those students. But oh, you have to wow. sign up now. Yeah, so all of this happened so fast. So the, the minute, I, I, keep I tell everybody this story, the minute I said yes to this, the minute I said yes, I've literally been on a roller coaster. It's been an amazing roller coaster, but it's been a roller coaster. So I said yes, and immediately I became a student. You know, I mean, here I had, you know, a, a college student of my own, our, our own, and um, two other children in high school, and here I was doing school. And um, so the, it's is a low residency program in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and it's a three-year program, 20 credits each year, and uh, you had to be there each July, basically for one month. And then all the work that you would do, um, like workshops and intensives, you know, experientials in that time, then it would launch off uh, online and you'd be, you know, writing, researching, working in groups, you know, on, on, you know, for the rest of the year. The second year you had an internship and I got my first internship here at Cooper Reese and as an, as our therapist intern, clinical intern. So that, uh, that's my, my life's literally been on a roller coaster ever since. And it, it almost seems like everything just completely fell into place almost immediately. Like, like you yes. said, as soon as you said yes, it was just like, we're moving. There are yep. things that are lining up for you, whether or not you're ready for them or not. So you mm -hmm. interned at Cooper Reese and then I'm assuming you eventually graduated and now you're back at Cooper Reese. Kind of what was that journey like? So this has been an interesting journey because uh, I fell in love with Cooper Reese and as my internship was ending. Oh, and by the way, I mean, I only had to put in like 450 hours in my first internship. I think I was here like five, fifty, six hundred, something like that hours. I just loved being here. If you've been to the farm, I believe, you know, mm -hmm. and and this is practically my own back door, you know. So I'm, you know, 15 minute drive from here. But um, not only did I fall in love with the farm, but the the community, you know, we're a healing community. The staff, everybody was just so amazing. Um, so I wanted to get a job. So we had a new executive director at that time. His name is uh, Dr. Michael Grote. He's now at uh, Silver Hill Hospital, the chief cl clinical officer up there in New Canaan. Um, but he asked me to be his executive assistant. And so another big epiphany moment, like I knew in that moment when he asked me to be his assistant that my life was gonna change again. And so um, it certainly did. Uh, so I, I, th that year was my third and final year in school. So I was his full-time assistant and I had a second internship at our um, hospital. We have a local hospital here, uh, Jerry Psych Unit. And so I interned there with doc, under Dr. Belinda Wieser. She's the head of the unit there. And um, so that was, I had to put in, I think, 700 or 750 hours. So basically that's, you know, 20, 25 hours a week 
Um, so I was working full-time here, doing that part-time, doing school online, and writing my thesis. And meanwhile, being mom. Being mom, <laughs> business owner, yeah, wife. Yes. When, did, when did you sleep? <laughs> I, I literally didn't. I, I actually, this is hilarious. I actually would do this thing. I call, I call it sleep typing. It, it's the weirdest thing. I mean, because I would be up till three o'clock in the morning doing homework and I would be nodding off at my computer. But what's hilarious is I would instantly fall into a dream. Like I would instantly be dreaming and I would type something like a full sentence. And then as I would nod and I would, you know, hit my, bring my head up and I would see, I started taking pictures of it and sending it to my cohort because they didn't believe me. <laughs> it would be like a grocery list or like just some <laughs> random thing. It was, it was weird, but yeah, sleep wow. typing, it's, it's, it's a, a thing. thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But I'd be up at, you know, up and out by 7am and I would get home at like nine and then do homework till like two or three. And, you know, thank God for my husband, Rich. He was making me dinner and um, yeah, if, if he wasn't there helping and supporting me, there's no way I could have done this. But it was, it was a, a huge learning experience in that time. And, and during that time also, I continued to do art therapy here. So in my time as an executive assistant with um, Dr. Grote, I would still go and, and run the art therapy group here. And completely enjoyed it. But but then as I graduated, um, this new role uh, came about. So um, doing outreach, um, I and and working so closely with Dr. Grote, um, he knew my my talents and abilities, the um, sales and marketing I had. I mean, you know, being a salesperson, running our own gallery for years, combined with my new education, my new clinical education, he just felt that this would be a really good fit for me to be doing outreach. So, you know, I, I'm basically kind of a, a part of the admissions team as well as um, the, the marketing team. So, so that's what I've been doing now for about a year and a half. <laughs> that's awesome. And I feel like I, I asked the next question too, pretty much anticipating what people are going to say. And yet at the same time, I try not to assume the reaction. So I'm just going to leave that where it lies, but I'm going to ask you, if, you know, knowing where you are now, knowing the journey that you've had, the family that you have created, do you see yourself as successful right now? Um, successful right now. I'm very proud of what I've done. Successful, I, I don't know that I love that word because, because part of that imposter syndrome is never really accepting what you've done, accepting that accomplishment, you know, fearing that somebody's going to find me out kind of thing. So success, I don't, I'm hesitant to use that word. So if I could swap that out for proud, definitely proud. You know, I, I, I say going back to school was both the hardest thing I've ever done and the, one of the best things I've ever done. So, I mean, I guess, yeah, success, yeah. successful in that, you know, what, what I always wanted to do was be a part of something bigger than myself um, and have a meaningful impact there. And I, I believe that that's happening here. Yeah. i believe that it is too. I think that's, I mean, ultimately the whole point is right. Like the title for this podcast is success is subjective, right? It's open to interpretation to me, right. As one artist from one artist to another, anything that you create can be beautiful. It depends on who's looking at it. Right. Right. This mm -hmm. is art and this is art because this is why. So I think similarly, that's a part of 
you know, my giving back for doing these interviews is really trying to spotlight that success does not look one, you know, it's not, it's not singular, it's not linear, or at least life isn't linear. And so it's important to understand that, you know, you can be the hardest on yourself from an out, outsider perspective. I see you as a successful, you know, parent, uh, a professional, and just like personally, I think you're awesome. And so, um, that, but that's from you. the outside, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is hard. You know, this is so ironic that we're talking right now because also just yesterday, a magazine came out where I'm featured in it as an artist up in Asheville. So it's, you know, kind of funny ask, you know, asking me these questions and it's uh, called Asheville Made Magazine and the publisher came into our gallery up in Asheville in the River Arts District. And my, my husband is a, a well-known portrait and gallery artist. And so he has all these amazing portraits on the walls in, in this gallery that we have. And then I do these really fun kind of little um, skeleton portraits. And I, we sell the prints of them up there. And this um, publisher saw them and he, he just said like, I like those. Those are weird. He's <laughs> like, I'm going to feature those in the magazine. So I'm featured in this month's magazine. And, uh, you know, I put it on my uh, Facebook last night and it's just so overwhelming. I mean, the, the love I'm getting, the shares I'm getting, all of my friends, I'm getting texts from people that I haven't heard from in years, you know, so I'm, I'm definitely feeling the, feeling the love. And um, I, guess, I, I guess I will say yes, I'm feeling a little successful right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're, you're accepting that and embracing it. <laughs> Yeah, the last thing that I actually like to um, ask those that I am interviewing for this podcast is just around, like, if you could share one thing with somebody who is more of a young adult, or if we want to say, you know, somebody, somebody similar to where you were earlier or later in life. So I'm, I'm kind of throwing out a lot of what ifs and you can answer mm -hmm. this however you want. Basically, if you could share one bit of advice for somebody who's struggling, whether it's with imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. or anything, you know, what would you say to that person? Uh, I, I mean, you know, fr from my experience, I, I wish that somebody had gone and told me to seek advice from, from others instead of, you know, having that fear of, you know, if, if I ask for help, I'm going to be found out kind of thing. And also the fact that I had no mentors uh, assisting me. So to, to find a mentor, I would say find a mentor, number one find somebody, you know, even close to something in the field that it is that you have interest in and, and, um, you know, befriend them. They'll likely advise you if, if they don't, you don't, you didn't want them anyways. Um, but then also utilize the school guidance counselors and go in and sit down and really map out what it is you're going to do and um, know that you have a, a plan, you know, because I just kind of went in blindly trying to keep under the radar and, you know, it didn't get me very far then. And it took me, you know, a long time to figure that out. <laughs> but you got there, right? That's all that matters. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm finally there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, ho I hope that somebody else that's listening to this will actually feel like, you know, they're, they're either pressed up against a timeline and feeling really pressured or putting that on themselves. And the reality is, college isn't going anywhere. Life isn't going anywhere. I really like that feedback that you're saying in terms of find a mentor, figure out what you want to do, and don't just put your head down and kind of do what you have to do, really making sure 
that you're lifting your head, eyes wide open, and kind of making mm -hmm. sure that you're getting the most out of whatever experience it is that you're, or chapter that it is you have in life right now. Absolutely. Mm hmm Awesome. Well, thank you, Kimberly, for being on the podcast. <laughs> I, know, I know somebody, at least one person out there is going to listen to this and they're going to be so moved by your story and it really will help them. So thank you again for taking the time to share your story. And um, I hope that more people listen. I, uh, well, thank you so much for asking me, Joanna, and I hope that it, that it does help somebody. Thanks again. it for this week's success is subjective episode stay tuned for our next episode where you can bet it'll be another amazing human sharing their very personal story with the world you can follow me joanna on instagram at lily consulting and on facebook at lily consulting llc most importantly though check out the resources link on my website at lilyconsulting.com and that's l-i-l-l-e-y consulting.com or you can just search on google for lily consulting you can also download and subscribe to listen to the successes subjective interviews on any popular podcast app such as apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, soundcloud spotify stitcher and TuneIn radio make sure you check out the show notes where you'll find contact information, website details, links to articles, and all social media for our guest. Once again, thank you to parenttrainers.com for sponsoring this podcast series. And thank you, our listener, for tuning in. And remember, there is no single path through life. Success is what you make it.